Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Today on the newscast, has Hamas already broken its ceasefire with Israel? Plus, Iran is set to elect a new president. Get all the breaking details coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman newscast. Hamas is at it again. That's right. Barely three weeks have gone by since the Iran-backed terror group wrapped up 11 days of intense fighting with Israel in Gaza. A ceasefire was signed. There was relative quiet following that. But now, this week, Hamas has launched a series of arson attacks against the communities in southern Israel. This all started on Tuesday, June 15th. Uh, Hamas launched dozens, if not more, of these airborne explosive devices. If you can believe it, these are balloons, like you would see at a child's birthday party, a bunch of balloons, which Hamas has turned into incendiary devices. They either attach some kind of flammable substance to them or an explosive device. They sail them or float them over the Gaza border into southern Israel. And guess what? This is no laughing matter. These balloons, they also use kites, have caused serious damage to the agriculture in southern Israel. Now, if you know that region, you know that agriculture, farming is what drives the economic engine in southern Israel. Hamas has been doing this now for really three and a half years. They have scorched thousands of acres of land throughout southern Israel during that time. There have been lulls in the arson attacks over that time span, but this week it started up again. Now, the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, has responded by striking Hamas targets uh, in Gaza. Hamas is playing a very clever game here, folks. Remember, as I mentioned, the ceasefire went into effect. It was, I believe, May 24th or May 25th. It went into effect again after a week and a half of very intense fighting. Hamas launched over 4,300 rockets at Israel, not only at southern Israel, but at Tel Aviv, central Israel, and points beyond. That fighting stopped again for about three weeks. We haven't seen rockets during that time. But again, Hamas, very clever, very strategic. They're not firing rockets this week, but what they are doing is directing those arson attacks against southern Israel. For them, this is, I guess, a form of plausible deniability. They'll say, hey, we have not violated the ceasefire. We haven't launched any rockets. And we can't control these lone wolves, these independent actors along the Gaza border who are launching these balloons into southern Israel. It's not our fault. Uh, This could not be further from the truth, folks. Hamas rules Gaza with an iron fist. Nothing that goes into Gaza or comes out of Gaza passes Hamas's or does not pass Hamas's inspection. Hamas knows very well who is launching these balloons. As a matter of fact, Hamas is involved in the launching of these balloons. But again, they'll say, hey, big bad bully Israel is coming in and carrying out airstrikes, even though we have not even launched one single rocket in the past three weeks. 
But at the same time, you have caused immense damage to the Israeli economy and you have destroyed the livelihoods of Israeli farmers and the agriculture in southern Israel. That is the situation we have right now, folks. And you know that in the Middle East today, it is an absolute tinderbox. And what seems like a small provocation provocation could spark a much larger war, which brings us to the Temple Mount. Now, if you rewind about a month ago now, over a month, when this war broke out, this latest war between Israel and Hamas, if you talk to the Hamas side, they'll say, hey, we started this war and started launching rockets at Jerusalem on May 10th because the Israelis were defiling the Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Temple Mount, which they call Haram al-Sharif. Now, today, once again, today, Friday, June 18th, once again, we see Palestinians rioting in and around the Al-Aqsa Mosque atop the Temple Mount and attacking Israeli police. So if you combine more unrest at the Al-Aqsa Mosque with the continued arson attacks out of Gaza, folks, we have a very precarious situation right now, and this thing could blow up, no pun intended, This is a recipe for disaster. It's no surprise that Aviv Kohavi, the chief of staff for the Israel Defense Forces, is saying, hey, we are ready for any contingency. It's sad to say, but a new round of hostilities may break out between us and Hamas in Gaza. And folks, if you look at it, really, has not the ceasefire been broken already? Thanks to Hamas? Yes, rockets have not been fired yet, thank God. But the arson attacks are clearly attacks against Israeli sovereign territory from Gaza under the watchful eye and direction of Hamas. Is this not breaking the ceasefire? Hamas keeps saying it was the defilement, so-called defilement of Al-Aqsa Mosque by Israeli police, and it was the Israeli oppression of the Palestinian citizens of Sheikh Jarrah a Palestinian neighborhood in Jerusalem. More on that in an upcoming newscast, by the way. Uh, But they use that as an excuse and a pretext to fire seven rockets at Jerusalem and spark a major war. Could they do it again? There's unrest atop the Temple Mount. Hamas is in the process of these arson attacks. Could something bigger come out of this? God forbid. We hope not, but we are keeping a very close eye on this for you here at the Watchman Newscast. One last thing to mention before we go. Iran is holding presidential elections today, Friday, June 18th. Uh, Free and fair elections do not exist in Iran. And that's pretty much laying all the cards on the table from the outset here as we discuss this, folks. Just so you know, just so you realize that this is anything but a free and fair election. The winner is basically chosen by the Supreme Leader before the charade of people going out to vote in an Iranian election, even takes place. So who do we have? The likely winner, as we go to press here on the newscast, it is Friday morning. It's about 11 a.m. on the East Coast as I am recording this, but it'll probably be posted, this video, a bit later today. And by that time, we may, we may have the official announcement that Ibrahim Raisi is the winner and is Iran's new president. Who is Ibrahim Raisi? Well, he is a hardline Iranian cleric, surprise, surprise, who is very close to the Ayatollah Khamenei. In fact, he's considered a member of the Ayatollah's inner circle. He's also been sanctioned by the United States. Gives you an idea of what kind of pleasant chap he is. Under the Trump administration, Raisi 
was sanctioned for his involvement in various illicit Iranian activities. He is right now the head of Iran's judiciary. In the past, he was seen as someone who was a brutal, brutal purveyor and supporter of the crackdown on Iranian dissidents. In 1988, for instance, thousands of Iranian dissidents and political prisoners were slaughtered by this regime, executed, uh, and in the years uh, in the ensuing years, obviously, crackdown after crackdown on Iranian voices of dissent. Raisi has apparently been intimately involved in all of that, so it tells you who you are dealing with. Again, very close to the supreme leader. Some have talked about him being a potential successor to the Ayatollah Khamenei in the future. So we're keeping a very close eye on this for you as well. The official result, again, may be out by the time you're watching this. You may see it come across the wires that Raisi is indeed the winner and will be Iran's next president. He succeeds, of course, uh, Hassan Rouhani, the so-called moderate face of the Iranian regime, who uh, the Western media and European diplomats positively swooned over. He's such a moderate in their view, but he was anything but. You might say, well, what does the president do in Iran? Like Rouhani, who I just mentioned, he's essentially the public face in many ways, folks. He'll be meeting with diplomats and making public statements, but make no mistake about it, the true power in Iran is the supreme leader. He is the supreme authority, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. He is the man in Iran who oversees the presidency, oversees everything that goes on in that country, assisted by Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps, who answered directly to the supreme leader. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Have a great weekend. If things escalate, we will be back with you this weekend. But in the meantime, have a great one. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Watchman Newscast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to see more, make sure you go ahead and hit the like button, click subscribe, and tap the bell icon to turn on notifications for new Watchman Newscast episodes every weekday.